just the basic demands of going from one thing to another can be really, really tough. So we gotta give each other a grace and some patience in this next, next period of time. everyone, this is Darby McClatchy, the Communications Director here at St. Gabriel Catholic Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. On behalf of our parish's mental health and wellness ministry, we are very grateful to continue our podcast series on transitioning to a new normal following a very, very tough year and a half of pandemic. In our first podcast, we talked with two members of our parish about acknowledging what we've experienced both those very difficult losses and the good things, why that's valuable to do and some ways to do it. So we hope you'll listen to that first podcast if you missed it. In today's podcast, though, we're looking ahead. Many of us are gearing up for more change. We're transitioning back to the office or school. We're getting back into routines like our social and extracurricular activities. So what are some strategies and tips we can use to transition into this new normal from both a mental health perspective, and a faith perspective. We're grateful to continue our conversation with Christine Simpson. She's a therapist in private practice and Father Mike Mitchell, our parochial vicar. We'd like to note that this podcast is intended for information and education only and definitely encourage you to talk to your healthcare provider about your own personal care. Christine, welcome back. Hi, Darby. It's great to be back. So, We've acknowledged that we are in this prolonged season of change. And at the outset of the pandemic, that change was sudden. It was significant. All of us were making that change to our routines and to our lives. It seems like the changes are maybe more gradual now, but they're still coming. I would feel like we would have built up some change muscle here, but it still (laughs) feels so fatiguing. So why is that? Well, transitions are just so hard for all of us. No no one likes change. We like to do things the way we know how to do them. It keeps us comfortable, and and that's where we want to be. But, you know, we've not had any choice but to transition into, you know, the life uh, with COVID. And I think what was different then was that that was a a collective experience for all of us. Everybody had to make the change at one time. And now this is going to be a different kind of experience. People are changing in a more gradual way, some people going back to work now, some people waiting a couple more months, children going back into schools. Um, it's all going to be you know, tough for everyone. So now with this gradual transitioning happening back to a more typical daily life, we're going to have to have patience with one another and, and take some time to really acknowledge that there are going to be stressors that come into our lives that are going to be very different. So letting go of some of the ways that we have been doing things and shifting back into, um, as we've talked about, sort of a new normal. Um, so in the last year, I think we've all had to downshift, especially with our nervous system. It's all downshifted to some degree where hmm. it's a little bit calmer around the house, you know, a little right. bit more relaxed. I even hear people saying they really don't like having to go back out to the stores and running errands and just sort of the always on the go feel that people have had. And so we're kicking back into a higher gear and we're going to have to be mindful of that and try to give ourselves some grace and some patience and adjusting back into that. And that's going to be important for everyone in your family, um, especially as people start to leave the house for work, having to get back into traffic, you know, shifting from parent mode to professional identity and then back at the end of the day, back into a parent mode for some people. Um, Just the basic demands of 
going from one thing to another can be really, really tough. So we got to give each other a grace and some patience in this next, next period of time. Absolutely. Let's talk, you talked about some of these things um, that are going to come back into our daily routines. I want to ask you, especially about things that we don't have a lot of choice about. Like you mentioned, going back into the office for work, kids or college students going back to school in person, those errands that we now have to show up for. Right. You know, we can't do it by Zoom anymore. Right. So on the one hand, I know we feel a sense of gratitude. Thanks be to God, we're not in that dire situation anymore. But on the other hand, it feels pretty stressful. So what are some practical ways to get back into that with less stress and anxiety? I think it's really important to just, as we've talked about even in the first podcast, to really acknowledge in a very mindful way that there is likely going to be stress or pressure. Just acknowledging that and recognizing that and maybe even having a conversation in your family if you have children that are old enough to understand that, just to bring that to everyone's attention uh, will help them to be more mindful of making uh, choices that can be life-giving to your family versus, you know, the, the reactive ways of behaving to handle that stress. So maybe like I posted on the fridge, like, yes, it's tough right now. <laughs> just get a little chalkboard and write just one day at a time, one hour at a time, things to keep them mindful of that. Um, I think preparing for, for things, you know, ahead of time is going to be really important. Getting some of the things done that you need to do will help to kind of lessen the emotional reactivity that can be present when you're shifting from one thing to another. Don't wait until the last minute. Um, have checklists for your children, that checklists for yourself, things you need to do in the evening, things you need to do in the morning. Once you get into those routines, it becomes much easier. Anxiety lessens for people with routine, and there's much less stress when that anxiety is lower. So be patient with yourself and gentle and acknowledge, you know, the feelings that are happening for everybody in your family and, and even your coworkers. Everybody's making these adjustments. Sure. Um, remind yourself that your anxiety and your child, that those things that you're feeling are very, very normal. And anxiety really just means something new is happening in our life, something we're uncomfortable with, something we've not experienced in the past, perhaps. Even if we have had similar experience, it's a new situation. Yeah, so true. Like you might say to yourself, I've commuted a thousand times, if not right. more, but why right. am I feeling stressed right. about commuting again? Right. It's just such a shift. I, I often say if you're not uncomfortable, nothing's changing. So it's one of the things to think about. And again, being patient with yourself and others, including it in traffic, those will be very, very helpful to all of us making this transition together in a more collective way. So as I'm listening to you, I'm thinking about, you know, maybe I put a post-it note on my door, you know, as I'm going out, just reminding me, you know, maybe if, I, if you work downtown, maybe you need your parking pass, your key card, your lunch and your laptop or, you know, something right. like that for kids. Right. So that it's not um, a train wreck trying to right. get to the bus right. or yes. get in the carpool. And as I said, once those routines fall into place, it becomes just, you know, the, the new normal as we've talked about. So much, much easier, but it's, it's good to be mindful in the beginning and coming up with those strategies can save you a lot of difficulty in the long run. So I can see, um, you know, starting off strong, like I might put that post-it note on there for the first week right. and then I fall mm -hmm. off the track. So as we start to get really busy, we might still have these good intentions that fall by the wayside. So what are some things I can do to just like stay on track? 
I would really suggest that people just sit back and take an inventory of how they're feeling after the first few days or the first week. I think it's going to be very important, especially as we get back into the school year. If you have children and they're going back into the classroom and they weren't there last year, and even for the ones who have been there, it's going to be different. I've heard people say that children are a little apprehensive about what that's going to look like, and it's the new school year, and they're typically apprehensive just because it's a new school anyways, year. Anyways, right. Right. So ask them at the end of the day, how are you feeling? Ask them at the end of the week. Just take an inventory and acknowledge the feelings without qualifying them as good or bad or right or wrong. Just let them be what they are. Um, definitely regroup each weekend. Reground yourself in what's important, and remember what you decided what those things were during COVID the things that we've talked about already, but take time on the weekend to do that. Um, if you are able to really just kind of sit back one of the days during the weekend and take some time to have that family time, you just don't want to let go of some of those things that you really grew to um, prioritize and enjoy and, and love in your life during the time when we weren't able to run around the same way we will be. Yeah, I can see now why that might be so helpful when we talked in the other podcast about maybe writing some of those things down that right. we don't want to lose. If I could refer back to that, right. like you're t- saying, on the weekend and yeah. say, did I have any of this good in my life this week? Yeah, very mindful um, approach to being very mindful and taking some time to be able to figure out what were those things that I really enjoyed and did I incorporate those into my life this week? What do you advise for us about making decisions about things that are maybe more discretionary, like, you know, extracurricular activities, sports, volunteering, social things? I would really recommend people not take on too much newness or extra responsibility all at once if you can avoid that. So going back to to work in the office or getting your children started in school is enough, especially right now with the fact that our nervous systems are all adjusting to this higher level of activity again. That's going to be something that It's going to take some time. There's a lot of stimulation. It's going to be stimulation from the outside world, stimulation from being around more people, the traffic, the noise. Um, All of those things can can definitely impact our nervous systems and cause us to be more stressed. So don't add too much extra in in the beginning. Take it gradually. Take it slow. Um, Decide what's made you happy and what makes you happy. As we said, kind of inventory that and keep those things in your world that make you happy determine what you missed and what you want to bring back into your life because I think people are going to really find, oh, I I missed the gatherings on the side of the soccer field and I missed spending time in community with people and volunteering and things like that. And so where you can, bring those things back first. I think that will be one of the ways you find that meaning and and put some of that joy back into your world. Um, And then just also recognize what boundaries you want to keep around you because what we've learned in the last year has been what's most important to us and it can be easy to say yes to a lot of things and be excited about getting back out there but I think you also have to be careful not to bring too much noise into your world and say yes too many times where you don't have time for those things that really are important. Right I can see where that kind of reflective time on the weekend can be so important for being able to make those decisions about discretionary things where you even just need to acknowledge, I really have a choice Definitely. in this. Definitely. And with kids who come home and say, I want to do this club and this sport and go to this party and right. all of that, yeah. having a conversation with them about the trade-offs. Sure. So, um, Christine, the last question that I'd like to ask you before we talk with Father Mike is, 
how we can grow from this experience of loss and change and transition this past year and a half? I think we really have to look at ourselves and what we've learned. Uh, look back and see where you have grown, uh, the, the skills that you've learned, the ways of coping. And this is what really builds our resiliency. Remind yourself of the strength in the last year and, and think about the things that have been tough that you never thought you might get through. I think none of us would have ever imagined getting into a world that and living it in the way that we've lived it in the last year. So we want to keep boosting our resiliency by changing the way that we think about things, things that a lot that we talked about even in the first podcast series. It's a lot of the ways that you think about things and trying to keep those negative thoughts out of your mind, uh, not having the conversation with those thoughts to take you into a place that make you feel uh, down and anxious and stressed. Mm -hmm. Um, so remind yourself that we're all dealing with this together, too. We have community with one another in this way. And that connection can continue to grow, too. And I think it's just important to ask yourself some questions, like, can we look towards the future with renewed hope? You know, can we look towards it with understanding and learning more about, you know, what we see in ourselves and others at this point? And can we stay in touch with those lessons? That's going to be something we need to be thinking about. Beautiful, beautiful. Giving ourselves a little bit of grace and compassion Definitely. as we grow. And um, like Father Mike talked about in the first podcast, that dynamic memory and that we're a pilgrim people. And this is quite a journey right. that we're on. And doing it together, that makes all the difference. Absolutely. Thank you. Father Mike, let's bring you into the conversation too and talk about all of this from a faith perspective. Yeah, thanks for having me back. Yeah, I'm glad to have you here. Um, does the level of stress, I'm wondering about this, does the level of stress I feel as I transition back into this new normal say anything about my faith? It's a good question. It definitely doesn't mean that if you have some stress or anxiety in some way you don't have faith. That would be kind of a, an unfortunate conclusion to draw from that. I think when something objective happens in our lives, like the loss of a loved one or something like the pandemic and COVID, those objective things have objective consequences in us because we're human. And so to feel sad or to grieve or to be anxious because of some objective reality is just normal, right? It's not a question of having faith or not. I also think we need to be very honest, right? And not give cliche answers two things, right? It's not right to tell someone uh, you need to have more faith, mm -hmm. right? To just when they're in a difficult moment or to tell or to say something like, um, God helps those who help themselves. So, you know, get up and go at it and, and our Lord will bless you if, you if you take the plunge or something like that, where those cliche statements are too easy to say, but they're too empty as well. Okay. And that is why I believe that we should be honest and real and never pretend when we're in prayer before God or never uh, just assume that a little bit of scripture reading and a short prayer is going to take away all of our problems. It just, mm -hmm. isn't, it just isn't that way, right? So um, I guess my answer to that question as you transition back, our faith will help us, but it's not a sign of a lack of faith if you're struggling. Now, deep deep down in our soul, the more we can trust in God as a father, the less we will experience the insecurities of 
life and anxiety and stress, there certainly is a way that God will heal those things in his own time. But it's so deep in our heart and soul that it's, it's more God's doing than our doing. And so we have to also be in prayer, opening ourselves to his transformative grace in our lives, to welcome him so that he can do what he needs to do to help us to truly become fully his uh, faithful children and trusting in him. But those authentic conversations with him, kind of like you talked about in podcast one, laying it out. If I'm frustrated, I'm mad, I'm confused, having a hard time in this transition, talking to him openly about that. Certainly, certainly. To go to God uh, as we are and as we feel that day. And that's that's the person ultimately God wants to talk to, not the person we're pretending to be, possibly. Mm -hmm. You talked... um, a little bit again in the first podcast about some daily faith practices that can help us with managing transition and change and as we move back into this new normal how would those things help us well certainly the uh, beginning your day with prayer ending your day with prayers we spoke about last uh, podcast and journaling are good to do uh, but uh, also looking for a way to shake up your your daily routine a little bit in the sense as we begin uh, these new transitions like a new start is a good thing a new chapter is a good thing it's also very biblical our Lord uh, began for all of his apostles and disciples he went to Matthew at his tax collector booth and said Matthew follow me and leave behind you know your old way of life and so let's be also uh, willing to to look for you know some maybe as we step out into uh, in this fall, going back to work and school, uh, to also realize that our Lord will meet us there in those new realities, right? I also find myself personally having a good book to read, a good, you know, book on our faith, some commentary on scripture, something maybe written by a saint. Having something on your night table uh, is also good so that you're not maybe looking at your phone as you fall asleep, reading about all the awful news or things, right. but you're, you're filling yourself with something a little bit more deep and peaceful so that your, your sleep and your dreams can just kind of begin from that more holy, calm place as opposed to from a place of nervousness and stress. Uh, looking for also very visible ways of praying, right? Meaning picking up a rosary and and letting those beads slide through your fingers as you're praying a decade of the rosary. Uh, lighting a candle, having a prayer candle somewhere in your home and just lighting that uh, and saying a prayer. Like Those human ways of praying are also uh, very good to manage times of stress and difficulties. I love that encouragement you gave to kind of mix it up a little bit. So maybe as Christine was talking about on the weekend, if we take a little extra time to reflect, we might even think about have we gotten into kind of too much of a routine with our faith practices. Is there something we might do a little differently? Certainly. Our Lord, there's, there's, we talk about having seasons in our spiritual life where our Lord uh, will ask certain things at a certain time, but then he'll shift things in another time. So we don't normally sit still in a static way in our spiritual journey. Would you talk, you know, as we're thinking about transitioning into this new normal, and especially as we've talked about, we want to keep hold of some of the good that we experienced during this time, like Christine said, of the great pause, the importance of the Sabbath or, you know, our Sunday rest time. What is God offering us in that? That's a, a great question. Uh, uh, you know, just 
what has our Lord offered us in this past year, year and a half now, right? It's been a, a pause, a time to be more calm, to be more together, to be more reflective, right? And that's very much what the Sabbath is for. If we think about the Sabbath in the way the Jewish people think of the Sabbath, uh, there's actually a lot of beauty there that in, unfortunately in many Christian circles has been lost, right? For the Jewish people, time is sacred. Right? It's not so much objects or a place or a temple, it's, it's time. And so when the Sabbath arrives, it's like entering into the time of heaven, entering into the presence of God. It comes to you, right? We don't just, you know, begin the Sabbath. The Sabbath comes to us like a guest, right? They welcome him. So on on what for them is the Sabbath being Saturday. On Friday evening, they'll have certain prayers to welcome the Sabbath. There's rituals of lighting candles, and there's a preparation that happens. And uh, for them, the Sabbath ultimately is, is a time of resting in the Lord, and all the days of the week lead to the Sabbath and are for the sake of the Sabbath. Too often we change it around where we're thinking we take a break on Sunday to rest so we can go back to work on Monday. Absolutely. Right? And we re completely reversed it, right? And and the, the Jewish understanding and our Christian understanding of the Sabbath is God asks us to rest as he rested because resting in the Lord is a gift he's given to us. That's part of what makes us uh, created in his image and likeness, right? We are not beasts of burden. We're not like, you could say, the animals, right? Or, or you know, a horse on a farm, right? That's working, you know, for, you know, our purposes, right? We, God doesn't look at us just like another part of his creation that must serve him. He created creation for us. And so if we can remember that Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, all are for the sake of us being able to live fully on Sunday, that's a, a beautiful way to look at it. Now, what does that mean, you know, on Sunday? Well, you really privilege family time, prayer time. It doesn't mean you can't have fun. Uh, it doesn't necessarily mean you can't do something enjoyable. If gardening for you is enjoyable, then that's a way of resting for you. I sure. love to, you know, to read or to do some painting or do some exercise, something on Sunday. And for families of, uh, with, with children to let your children really experience in the family, in the home, that Sundays are a special day. They're not just the day you have to go to, uh, go to Mass in the morning and then get back to your ordinary life, right? There's something holy about Sunday, uh, and I think that that's a beautiful way to help your kids live a very Christian way of life. I love that imagery of the Sabbath coming to us and that our whole week could be oriented toward that, toward that Sunday. That's really powerful. Yep, and for us, it's also on Sunday, it's not just uh, for, it, it's a person coming. It's Christ Absolutely. coming. Absolutely. Right, and so we're welcoming a guest who we know very well. It's welcoming Christ into the home every Sunday. Right, that's beautiful. I think all, I know I will, and I'm sure our listeners too will probably replay that so that we can digest that a little bit more and think, think more about that. It's kind of flips things around. The um, Psalms so beautifully describe our relationship with God as life-giving and nourishing, and I think it's the peace and the hope that so many of us want to grab onto during this time of transition as we move forward and we move into our new normal. 
If my faith isn't feeling like that right now, though, maybe it's dry. Maybe I'm questioning things about my faith. Where do I start? Maybe I'm not in a crisis mode, but it's just, you know, there's not really any life to my faith right now. Well, you mentioned the Psalms, Darby, and uh, the Psalms are a reflection of the prayer of ancient Israel, and they're written by real people who had real emotions and raw emotions, and they expressed it in prayer. I'm thinking of Psalm uh, 137, where the Israelites are in exile. They were forcibly taken from Jerusalem, from the temple, and carried off into Babylon. And now they're slaves to the Babylonians, and the Babylonians are mocking them. They're using the temple objects as just playthings, and they're mocking their religion. They say to them, sing us some of the songs of Jerusalem, right? And so it's a, it's a, it's a psalm about a lot of suffering. And uh, that prayer, right, ultimately, uh, when, you, when you join that prayer, that psalm into your own prayer, I think uh, our Lord can, can speak wonders to our soul. As well, Psalm 23, where we talk about, we, we recognize uh, the good shepherd, right, who leads us. That's a very consoling prayer. Psalm 122 is, so of the three psalms I would recommend, 137, Psalm 22, Psalm, sorry, 23 and Psalm 122. I rejoiced when they said to me, let's go to the house of the Lord, right? We're now being called back, you could say, in a certain sense into our life. And it's also going back into the temple of the Lord to rejoice together. So perhaps those Psalms can help when we're questioning our faith and we're looking for a place to start. Starting with a Psalm is always a good place to go. Beautiful. And that scripture, I think God can speak to us differently from the same passage of scripture each day, each season of our lives. Yep, we can always go back to it uh, later on and it will say something else to us. I mean, the, the Bible is not just a book of ancient writings. It's a, the living word. It's truly God's revelation that, that is alive. It's unlike any other book, which is why it, it does say something to us even today. Uh, and it will continue speaking to us throughout our life. Yeah, it's incredible. Father Mike, thank you so much for these beautiful insights and these practices. In John 7, 37, Jesus shares the invitation, let anyone who thirsts come to me and drink. We are so very blessed to have our faith and these practical strategies that Father Mike and Christine have shared all of them gifts from God to help us move through this season of transition and change with more peace. Thank you so much to Father Mike Mitchell and Christine Simpson for all that they have shared with us. Listeners, we hope that you will incorporate some of these practices into your daily life. It will definitely take intention, prayer, some time, some conversation with your family. If you missed our earlier podcast series on managing anxiety, also with Father Mike and Christine, you can find it in our Messenger podcast channel or on our website at stgabrielchurch.org slash mental health. So Father Mike, I would ask you if you would close us in prayer. Certainly. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, we ask your blessing upon us as we begin this new transition in our life, as we enjoy these days of summer that leading up into fall. Now, as we return to our places of work and study, that you will be with us and that all that we do will be for your glory. We pray glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. Amen. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
Amen. So listeners, please know that you are absolutely in our prayers as we move through this season of change and transition. God bless you.